All right. Happy holidays, everyone. Shane and I are having a little conversation about the most exciting Christmas gift you can possibly get. And there are a lot of different things. You said a really nice gun. Oh, the list is long. But I was thinking if you really wanted to crush your spouse, like if it's a competition of who gets the best gift, (laughs) Uh you know what you could get your spouse and you would totally win every gift competition? Uh Uh-huh. What? It's a Volkswagen. Yep. Like a like a real like a car. Like a real Volkswagen. And I'm sure that they would hook you up with a real ribbon to put on it. Oh, and they you do. Could I've seen it. It's park a it in the huge driveway. red ribbon. You have to give it back. But it doesn't matter. As as long as it's on there for Christmas morning and your spouse walks out and sees it in the driveway, they're gonna know that they lost the competition that year. Is that, that you what get Christmas props for is the rest of the year? It's a competition? I think that we all know through 20 years of marriage, if we've learned nothing else, is that Christmas is a competition. Wow. And Volkswagen is helping me to crush it. Am I getting a Volkswagen for Christmas? Shoot. (laughs) That would be amazing. And if you want to see all their inventory and kind of maybe give some hints of which one you want, you can go to Volkswagenofboise.com. They have them all listed there. They're super rad. Um, Just super easy. Get on there. Pick one. Go in and say, I want that one. And... They'll wrap it up, put it in a box, ship it to your house. I don't think that, no, that's not, I don't think they do I that. I thought that they would stuff it underneath the tree for no, you. But it's still a, a great gift. And yeah, I think that is going to crush it. I think that that is the ultimate. Yeah. Nice call. So gentlemen, if you want to throw money at a problem, this is where you throw it. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to the podcast. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Welcome back to the conversation. Here we are again, recording from our house this time. Yes, we are. With guests. Well, we have one guest. That's right, with a guest. (laughs) But uh, I'm excited to be doing it in our festive home. Yes, so we're recording in our living room with our friend Amos Rothstein. Welcome. Oh, Welcome, Amos. Thanks for having me here. This is great. It's a lot of fun. Oh, We've fun. got beautiful charcuterie. Yes. We've got a bottle of Sawtooth Red Blend. Yes. And uh, I don't know going? that it could get better. I know. This is festive as uh, festive could be. <laughs> what were you going to say there? Uh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is very festive. We, we, uh, we don't mess around with Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We've always been like that. I think that one of the first things that we did when we got married is we got a bunch of Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. holiday stuff. We did Halloween right, and then we just went overboard for Christmas. Yeah. It's, I love Christmas. I, growing up Jewish, you like grow up in a neighborhood full, I grew up in a very LDS neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So like they had all the lights, whatever. Hanukkah is like the great value version of, <laughs> of Christmas. Like mm-hmm. my mom had grew up with Christmas. She didn't want it because she didn't like the idea of pine needles being all over the carpet. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Fair. She, she's very, she's a clean freak. Mm-hmm. So I mean like uh, nothing compares getting to go to friends' houses for Christmas. Like, Oh my God, mm. I believe I do. I do the whole Jesus thing just for Christmas. I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. Well, I love you, it. you, you know, you don't have to do that. You can just do it. Yeah. Like, it's, that's, uh, that's it's fun. American now you can just, anyone. You can just do it. So, so I don't think I realized. So you grew up, tell, where did you grow up? Just south of Portland. Okay. And there I, was a lot of LDS there. I grew, yeah, I grew up like a stone's throw to the Portland LDS temple. Okay. So mm. you came to Idaho because you were comfortable because you wanted more Mormons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I knew how, I knew how to navigate. <laughs> You're like, I want Mormon wherever <laughs> right. I go because we have quite a few here. Yes, we do. Yeah. This is the heartland. Yeah. <laughs> well, not quite. We're just a little bit north of the heartland. It's yeah. the corridor. The yeah. Cor- That's right. The, it is the corridor. Yeah. Yeah. Mormon belt. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. So that's. So uh, what did your family do for Hanukkah, the menorah? If we remembered, we did, we did the menorah. We're, we were very, like, non-traditional in the, the very literal sense that we just did not follow a lot of traditions. Thanksgiving was always our big holiday. Mm-hmm. So we'd light, and it would always be, like, a very practical gift. Like, it would be, like, a silver dollar, and we'd learn the lessons of, like, saving early and, you know, having a good account with good interest. Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> pencils and, you know, pencils and pens for it was like never anything cool. Mm. Yeah. That makes me <laughs> sad. But was, like also, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, it was very Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Are your parents still alive? They're still alive, still together. Same house since 1980. Wow. Do you guys laugh about stuff like that now? 
Yes. Dad, remember that year when you got me a pocket protector and a <laughs> pin? Right. Or a, my very first fountain pen. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, it would be like things my my dad would want us to want to do. You mm. know? Oh, sure. The yeah. things he wanted for us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is also very Jewish. So. So mm. how are you celebrating, like, this time of year now that you're here and, you know, you're, you're grown up and... Eating. Yeah. It just, that's, I mean, like, getting together with friends, eating copious amounts of food, having a fire to look at, drinking drinking something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, there's just nothing better than that this no. time of year. It's pouring snow today. Oh, that was so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. All I wanted was, like, to be in a room full of people eating lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like drinking, it yeah. was just like, oh, this is the perfect. Can we just have that party? Yeah, like just a lasagna and drinking party. Yeah, in, in honor of Garfield, we can. Oh man, yeah, mm. yeah. That's classic Garfield. But Garfield was my first introduction to books that I really loved. Really, I loved the comic book. The first time I ever got a, I don't know why I'm telling you this, this is my personal history, but I was eight years old. And I went to California, spent the summer with my grandparents, and my grandma, my Grammy, she took me to a bookstore. And I got the sixth Garfield book, number six. Wow. There's like 150 now. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of them. But I remember laughing so hard until I cried. <laughs> At Garfield? Just the idea of a cat eating lasagna. That's kind of comedic in its premise. And like purely content and apathy. Yeah. Like yes. that's a Garfield. We are, we all have our Garfield days and we mm-hmm. just need to, need to celebrate it. I think I understand about. Garfield more now that I have my own cat. They're... I don't know. I kind of get the the trope of the cat owning the owner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Who runs the show? The cat. Yeah. For sure. You know, a lot of people don't know is that Silverwood up in North Idaho, mm-hmm. it is the largest or the, the biggest um, tourist attraction in Idaho. It is? Yes. And their mascot is Garfield. But like really? not really pushed. It's just every once in a while you'll be like, "Is that Garfield?" And it, I think it was like bigger when it was like in the '90s when you know when we were around there. But right. yeah, that just no when they when they are talking their marketing, they never bring it up. But it's just like Garfield's randomly just around. all around Silverwood. Mm. I'm like, all right, but that? I think Garfield Day, a day that is just about carbs and drinking and like kind of lame. Yeah. Around. And not giving a flying ass yes. about anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's let's, let's do that. Let's yeah. belittle the people that take care of us. Right. <laughs> make them make us food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Great. Woman, where's my lasagna? Wait. So every day is this <laughs> garful day in my family. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh-huh. So for your Christmas time, because you you go out, which I love. Like this is you got to make you got to make these cold dark days warm somehow. Yeah. So is there a thing that you guys both do for Christmas that is like uniquely your family thing? No other family you know of does this. Is there like a, a tradition or a thing that you do that is like, this is our thing that we do? I don't think so. Like, I feel like most of the things that we do, I've heard somebody else say, oh, my family does something like that. I always thought growing up, my family, we had a, on Christmas Eve, we had the Christmas Eve platter. It was a big platter of hors d'oeuvres and finger foods. Appetizer night. Yeah. And uh, with bacon-wrapped oysters for my dad. I know. He liked those. But I never thought that anybody did anything like that. None of my friends did. Nobody at college. But I've heard several people now say, oh, yeah, on Christmas Eve, we do an appetizer night. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just more that we kind of do it's so big. And, like, it's every day there's something we're doing. And it's like we're baking and we're taking neighbor gifts and we're, like – we just are 100% ensconced in the holidays um, because why not, right, you know, and not? it's just fun. So it's like, I always feel like our house feels Christmassy right. all the time. Though one thing we do when, and we didn't do it this year, which was our first really big snow, but we always ran around the house barefoot on the first snow growing up. Fun. And now like I, like I was watching my little niece and nephew do it at their house and then you run in and you put your feet next to the fire and then you have hot chocolate. That's, that's very a, cozy. That's a fun one. You should have done, fun. done that. Yeah. I know, but now we have teenagers and they just want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys get up, it's snowing. They're like, oh. hibernation season. Boy, teenagers really test your resolve to instill tradition. Mm. When they stop caring, it's like, ugh, do we got to keep doing this thing? But then we just do it for us, which is fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, we did it a, before them. We'll do it. Yeah. 
We still have a lot of traditions that are just us. But a lot of them really do circle around food. Like, it's amazing how many of our traditions really are based on what we're eating. Right, yeah. That's interesting that you said that the focus of the season for you is more food and family and friends and gathering. I think it's become more like that for us, too. Yeah. In recent years, we've kind of stepped away from the from Orthodox, you know, religion and right. celebration. But I feel it more now, this desire to get together with people who I know and people who I care about and just uh, eat and drink. Right. And have fun and smile and laugh and think, oh, it's so great to be surrounded by people that you like to be yeah. around. And I like the, I, I I like cold weather. Like in the summertime, I'm, I actually really miss being able to do that because summer's chaotic. Everyone's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You, everyone has FOMO because the weather's great and you're running around and like being able just to like hunker in and like catch up and like I feel like something something about the cold kind of releases like a a truth serum in people you you you're like intoxicated by a lot of food and wine and you you really like you're mm. you're there to connect with people um, and it's a beautiful thing and I I think. Thinking about it growing up there, the only kind of Christmas tradition we did have, which is, I think, also, again, a very Jewish thing, is getting Chinese food mm-hmm. on Christmas Day because it's the, the Jews and the Chinese have long <laughs> had an agreement that, <laughs> you know, we don't we don't do this either. Yeah. So, mm. so we'll stay open and, and you'll eat. And, you know, in Portland growing up, there was there's not a lot of Jews, but like they're all there at like the couple Chinese restaurants really? that stay open. It is covered in Jews. and. <laughs> On, on so Christmas fun. Day, because that's the, the only place that's open. Uh-huh. Well, that's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's fun. That makes me want Chinese food for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas story, right? Wasn't that like the the finale of the Christmas story after the turkey? Yeah. The turkey got the trampled far, by raw, the raw, 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 Which I think we're not allowed to say that anymore. I don't know. Like, uh, But that whole scene. Uh, it was classic. Yeah. We all love it. We but I, love yeah, it I love that idea that the holidays are now just about connecting with people. Like, yeah. You know, however you want to, we're all, we're all just kind of in the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, which, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I was. That's one of the reasons that we wanted to chat with you, yeah. particular this month, is because we were thinking about what do, what do people want to listen to during the holidays, and they want to listen to food. Like yeah. they want to talk about food. Everyone, everyone comes together with good food. Right. And Boise has good food, yeah, unexpected we do. good food, and sometimes. Things that I don't even know if we recognize are, are just so Boisean. Yeah. And as you are, I don't know if we really fully introduced you because you have been on the podcast a few times, but like you're quite the foodie. Um, you write for the Idaho Statesman mm-hmm. and you're also really, you seem to know everybody like, in the food community. A few people here or there, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so we wanted you to come on today well, to talk you. to you a little bit about um, iconic foods yeah. Boise and yeah. like what people need to know about you know people who've lived their whole lives here and maybe don't realize oh is that different than the rest of the country and right. people who are newly here what should they experience right yeah I mean Boise is it's both this lovely old western staple of things and this beautiful hybrid of like someone at a at like a full buffet just trying everything because we do have kind of one of everything now and we're we're learning to know as a city what we like and what fits with the old and what's meshing well um that's coming in with like the people who are very this the steak and potatoes type who are you know what what boundaries are they willing to to push um in the food scene and that's to me as a you know we, we talked a little before the show but Oh, that's really why I do love the newspaper aspect of it is because um, when I when people get to read in the newspaper about new things that are happening in town food-wise, they're, they're not people typically who are on social media, mm-hmm. uh, and they're usually the most reluctant to try it unless someone is literally writing them to tell them, <laughs> you should try this. Yeah. It tastes like chicken. You should try it. <laughs> um, it's safe. It's safe. You won't be surprised. Yeah, you might like it. Um, and so there is in in Boise, it's very proud of its traditions. You know, there has been, uh, up until recently when it's really had to kind of negotiate with itself on how it's growing, there was a reluctance to a lot of kind of growth and change and, and, um, sort of this, the Idaho way of life getting 
changed, but we've kind of come to the terms that the Idaho way of life is this ever-changing way of life. Sure. Um, and so that's that's kind of reflected now in the food scene, too, and it's very yeah. exciting to see this embrace of it. We were talking about um, that we've accepted change. I think a lot more than, than we've used to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Especially when it comes to food. There's now, I think, instead of like a reluctance and a skepticism, there's an excitement about new things. So I'm curious, you said that we're learning as a city what we like and what we don't like. Mm-hmm. Does anything come into your mind as to things that haven't been successful? What has tried to take root and just has been scorched in the sun of a <laughs> desire for chicken? Yeah. Um, well, we've seen a lot of sort of like the mom and mom and pop sort of aspects kind of come and go or the local change like um, – what was it called? Mir- Mirzaki, the, the Greek place that was... Oh. Meraki? Meraki, yeah. Meraki. Meraki, we've seen um, sort of like interesting, this like sort of downplaying and closing of some Mediterranean restaurants. Mm-hmm. We've also seen a lot more like Southern American fare that kind of came in with Tupelo Honey. Then there was kind of these like fried chicken made like a big comeback in hot chicken, Nashville hot yep. chicken. Um, we have seen like an interesting relationship with Korean fried chicken. Uh, yeah, there's, there's been like uh, three right now. What's the wing place that we went to downtown on Don't make me try off to of say Broadway? It starts with an H. Oh, Han Shimuk or Han yeah, Shimuk? That, that one I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. That one has survived. There was another one um, on Vista that didn't survive. That was the original one. And I'm of course, I'm forgetting the name now, but, um, but there's one in Meridian too. That just happened is? like two weeks ago. But they have like no social media, but apparently it's kind of like a chain because I found the website, but it's like bizarre. Um, it's on Fairview, like in between. Um, it's like, shoot, it's right next to the big European grocery store. And I drove by and it's just like super random. But I, and I dry, like tried to find any research on it. And it's like, okay, well, just marketing's not going to get you there. Right. But I, you know, they will see how long they last. Right. Um, but the other place that I can't say their name, I, I actually really, really like their food. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mm. Like beer and good chicken. Yeah. I had a, <laughs> I went in and I had um, like just a very, the food was great. And this was on, this was on me. This was me being awkward. Um, I went in, I got to an order to go. And the guy uh, said, <laughs> he said, thank you so much for coming in. And I said, oh, you too. <laughs> and he said, I was already here. <laughs> and I just had a just. Uh... I'm glad that he acknowledged your awkwardness. Yeah, he called he called me out on it. And I, I just You've thought froze. about that a thousand uh, times, oh, haven't yeah. you? The rest of my night, it was replaying in my head a million times. Isn't that like a huge meme that's making its way around it when you say the worst thing in response of somebody's. Yeah. Have a great day. Have a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, D- yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. But, I thought yeah. that I had more gas, <laughs> gas in the tank with that one, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like that place. Um, yeah, the um, Tzatziki's closed down in, yes. in Eagle. Eagle. I think it's still in Boise. That mid- but Oh, that place close to the Boise location is now the second Perea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, so Mediterranean is tried to expand but but I, f- I still feel like there's some real staples like um uh is it Mazas Maza what's the one over there by um oh, on state uh, street yeah on, on state kind of near yeah. thir- uh yeah. 13th it's right next to cloud nine brewing gosh we're the worst at this <laughs> anyway well <laughs> yeah there's and there's the thing is it's like mediterranean takes on a big a big label because there's like lebanese that has survived Maza there. i was right is Maza yeah yeah, that's that stayed open, the and that's definitely more like Lebanese than Greek because the because uh, uh, Goodness Land and Tarbush both are open still and yeah. they're kind of like the long term. Goodness Land is one of my favorite places. Oh, yeah, I, love that place. I just they have love awesome it. Turkish coffee. Yes, they have awesome everything. It's great. Like and I love that place. The entire place is bedazzled. Oh, it's oh, yeah. bizarre. It like is. we took them in our kids in there, and I lived in the Middle East for a little bit, and so like it it's. There are a lot of places just like that. Yeah. And they were like, why is it like that? I'm like, this, this is what it's like. And it's yeah. just so cool to go into this. I love going into a restaurant where it's like I feel like I have gone into another place and yeah. I'm in Boise. And that I mean, you don't see that as often as some other cities, but yeah. I love when you do have those moments. I I love that whole strip mall where it's at. Yeah. 
Um, because next to it is, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name. It's the the bakery. The it's the, the African restaurant, the Sambusa place that oh, used yes. to be um, just at the farmers market, and they opened up um, the restaurant, and they have all these different kinds of stews and soups. And um, the thing that is hard for Boiseans, I think, to reckon with very authentic food like that, especially African and Middle Eastern food, is that when you go to a restaurant, because I lived in, in Israel for a little bit, and I was very confused when I was first there why everything took so long. Mm-hmm. But this idea that like a restaurant going out to eat is like an experience to be enjoyed versus just like a means to an end to mm-hmm. eat is a little bit of a new concept. Yeah. And so when it takes 40 minutes to get a bowl of hummus, people are like, what's going on? I've heard yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but well, that's how it is. You I know? wish there was a term that where you could just explain that very simply, where everyone just understands the expectation. Right. Like this is not a place you go because you're hungry and you want something fast. This is right. a place that you go because you're there to enjoy what they have to offer and right. to be present with that. But I don't know if we have... We might. I don't know if right. we have a word that everyone understands. I I can't think of one. Yeah, we should make one. We should make one. We should. Mm. Let's think of it. Okay. And let's let's make it happen. Yeah. I'm gonna do a thing on my on my website of of food. What are we gonna call it? The but slow. how many restaurants would like local places be okay with that? It feels like some of them kind of want to churn. They want people to come in, order, yeah. get out, mm-hmm. make room for the next. Well, ones. then those people wouldn't be defined by that. I mean, it's not Jersey Mike's. I mean, there are places that, you know, you're going to DoorDash, and then there's just places <clears throat> that, I don't know, are special. Right. Like, that. not all food is the same. You know, right. some food is meant to be experienced. Correct. Yeah, totally. Mm. Totally. So and the onus might be on the restaurant to say, this is the type of place that we are. When you come, come ready for a prolonged experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring the people that you like and sit down and get and get comfy. And some of that's just the culture, again, like you said at Boise, is that so many cities and countries especially understand that about what a, what a meal is supposed to be. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who just haven't moved, moved into that yet. Right. I will say one thing that um, is really impressive about, um, about Boise that I really love and um, that I think a lot of people, when they would think of like a – kind of a, a, a conservative kind of old school culture like Idaho has um, wouldn't associate it with, but, but it's something that Boise does really well. Like Winston's, for instance, when the, the um, conflict in Ukraine started and Russia invaded Ukraine and all this, there was a very big output from the community um, to defend the woman who, owned uh Alyanka's mm-hmm. and that you know she is her own woman she is a Boisean first she lives here mm-hmm. she's not to be disrespected or be you know tied in with this politically mm-hmm. and to support her and when there was you know a big kind of conflict politically about uh taking in more refugees there was a big support for um the Ethiopian restaurant mm-hmm. on State Street and for um the Sambusa place right next to um Goodness land. To, to goodness land. And there's this kind of emphasis and onus of people in Boise that like, no, these are Boiseans. Mm-hmm. They live here. They are part of our community. They feed us. They live next to us. And like, we're, we're going to have their back. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a unique food culture in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, is this, it's, it's not necessarily about the food, but it's about the ability to be able to serve it, the ability to be able to, um, have your have your food represented, and that you're you're now part of this community, and a lot of places wouldn't do that. Yeah. I know that right after the um, the conflict in Ukraine, um, we went to Alianka's. Yeah, and I was really interested because um, we went there for that exact reason because we we show lo- support. Yeah, we right. and we love her. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. Yeah. Elena's yeah. awesome. She's always treated us so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so welcoming every single time. Yeah. Right. And it just didn't make any sense why there would be so much resistance just because that, you know, she, a zillion years ago, she. Well, and even Russia. if she was brand new from Russia, it doesn't matter. Um, so I was interested to see what people would say because I didn't go there saying, hey, we're supporting her for this. I was just wanting to show, hey, this is happening and it 
we're still going to this restaurant. And there were some comments, but what I loved was how many people tore those comments down. Like, don't, this is not okay. This is not, uh, you know, a mature way to handle this. Um, And that I was really, I was really pleased by to see people coming to like the defense of people who live here because we are constantly changing. Boise, if, if you, Boise is nothing like it was when we moved here 12 years ago. And that, no, it's okay. You know, this is, this is the direction we're moving. Yeah. And so you moved, you moved here in 2010. Uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we moved here from Tennessee. Yeah. I, yeah. My first time in Boise was 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. and it is a, unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some of that's sad. I mean, sure. I think everyone feels a little sad. But sure. It's, that's, this is what's happening. It's grown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a toddler anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely, and it's like kind of awkward teen years. Yeah. It's figuring out its own personality and where it wants to be, but it's growing up. Yeah. And it's still kind of mopey stuff. sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like with the change. <laughs> mopey. I mean, just saying we're, sometimes we still have temper tantrums, but yeah. Yeah. The, I, I think we're all adjusting and, and I mean, the whole world is changing. It's not just Boise. No. Every single place has, has brought on a new identity and it's interesting to watch people experience that. And it, it's definitely showing some true colors. Like, yeah. are we continuing to be kind when things are not, you know, it's kind of like your dad giving a, a pencil. Sometimes our, the changes aren't exactly what we expected, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just have to be there for whatever the changes right. are. Exactly. So it's, it's been interesting to watch that. Has there been any... Are you laughing at me? <laughs> it's a good... What the hell does that have to do with his dad giving him I'm a pencil? I'm saying because his dad had expectations of what he was going to be. Right. And sometimes when people okay. are raised in a place, they have expectations of what their town is going to be when they're older. And, and that's totally reasonable. Yeah. And then we but we shift and move to what the reality is. Instead of being angry, the, the reality isn't what we expected because that does nothing. The only yeah. thing we can do is to be accepting and kind of what it is right exactly this is what it is yeah or we just harp all the time on yeah yesteryear yeah yeah and i think that there's always this temptation to harken back to the halcyon days right mm-hmm. things were great back when right but i don't know i don't think that we would give up a lot of what we're experiencing no. right now no we wouldn't so much of it i think is a choice of perspective you have to choose the perspective and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you choose to think that it's awful because things are changing, then you know what? It's your world is kind of look like that. Right. But I think that you can choose alternative ways of seeing things of, yeah, there's a lot of great things going on. How do we, how do we build on that? Totally. Otherwise you're just angry all the time. Yeah. And And people are angry all the time. They are angry all the time. Like all the time. Stop being angry. Being angry (laughs) has become like a hobby. It it (laughs) is a hobby. And it's people, I, it's it's such a weird sentence to say out loud, but I feel like there's some people who are only happy when they're angry. Oh yeah, sure. And it's like they do not know how to function unless they are pissed about something. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a lot of truth to that. Some people, when you ask them, hey, well, is there anything good going on in your life? Like, what do you talk about when you're not talking about something that makes you angry? It's just like deer in the headlights. They don't mm-hmm. have anything. Mm-hmm. Yellowstone, <laughs> like whoever's winning the football game, right? Like. Mm-hmm. But they're angry about that because that ref, no. Right. <laughs> that call. <laughs> Jeez. I was going to say very quickly, Amina's Sambusas is the restaurant okay. next to Goodness Land that I've been trying to think of. It is wonderful. Redemption. Good yes, job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You did it. And not even with Google. We can even see that. So let's circle to... back. Iconic foods of Boise. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. What comes to your mind, Amos? What comes to mind first in terms of like old Boise staples is there's two places that serve very similar things. But it's like, this used to be like a night out on the town was going to uh, Gill's Canine or um, not the Ranch Club. Oh my gosh, the place on Chinden that's been there forever. Stagecoach? Stagecoach mm-hmm. for prawns. And Natalie for the win. Good job with that. Thank you yeah. very much. But I have not had the prawns. It mm. is a weird... Wait, the prawns the at prawns Stagecoach? Or the halibut chunks at Stagecoach and at Gill's Canine. Have you ever been to Gill's Canine? I have not. I, I've never even heard of it. Where is this place? This is on like Main and 27th. Okay. It's like kind of out there, sort of near like 
I'm like, 27th, does it get that far? <laughs> it's like, you're like, what is this neighborhood? It's like kind near the Cabana Inn. Kind of, it's like out there. Um, Wait, does this the, is this the place that has like the piles of prawns? Like yes. it's like almost like a Sunday. Yes, it's served in like a giant cartoonish martini yes. glass. Yes, I've heard of this, but yes. I haven't had it. Okay, it's like that was the place to go, and like you could you go to this place, and you're like, this is the last place in the world I'd ever get seafood from. Uh, yeah, you can like smell the cigarettes from like the <laughs> days when it was used to be, and it's like it is a divey dive. Huh. But. They're known for their prawns and they're known for their like Dungeness crab, lobster, shrimp, martini thing mm. that people still line up on Friday nights out the door to get. I'm looking at this photo yeah. of literally, it's probably a four it's inch diameter, huge. but it's got to be 10 inches tall. Yeah. And it's like 50 bucks and it feeds like three people. That? Okay. Crab meat and shrimp. I want that. With some yeah. shrimp sticking out the bottom yeah, and, and a pile of cocktail, cocktail sauce, sauce on the top. Yeah. And then like it, the... It was like this elegant steak and seafood was like the OG Boise night out. Like you were, this is an anniversary meal kind of thing. It was like jumbo prawns and like shrimp cocktails. That is like, that was what Boise elegant was for years. Did you say Boise elegant? Yeah. That was like your night out. Like, I don't want to say this the wrong way (laughs) because I'm looking at these photos and I want to eat there. Yeah. Like I want to eat there. Yeah. But I'm not wearing a button up shirt when I go. No, not anymore. Yeah. What's it like now? Who's who's the demographic that's going for $50 martini prawn night? It's uh, old people, people wearing Dickies. Oh. Yeah. It's, really? It's, yeah. And people in Carhartts and Dickies. I mean, like, it has changed from like, this is now kind of like the, bl- like, this is like the nice blue collar meal out mm-hmm. from like, this was like the who's who and well to do mm. night out. It's changed to be a lot more accommodating because now we do have a very different definition of fine dining in Boise. We have sure. Ken and Lively and all these mm-hmm. things that are serving, you know, newer, more, you know, kind of innovative dishes than the, the very classical like seafood and steak. Sure. Um, and then there's the ice cream. Like this is always such a funny one to talk about, but the ice cream potato from West side, from West side. So good. Why so is it good. so good? I don't know. Remind me of where Westside Drive-In is. It's on State. It's a drive-in, right? Yeah, State and. Wait, have you never been? I've never been. What? Ooh. Are you serious? You run the Instagram page Idaho, and you haven't been there? The only place where I've had this ice cream potato is at the fair. Well, they do have. They it do at the have a fair. fair. Yes. Yeah. There's well, we a, need to go there because I. Really is it love different yeah. at Westside than it is at the fair? Uh, uh, pretty similar. Yeah. There's one in Park Center and then the one on State. Then what do you get on my case for? Because it's iconic and I feel like you should have gone there. I've gone there several times. Just There's probably saying. a lot of things I should be doing, but Natalie, <laughs> just ain't got time for that. Okay. You know? Well, we'll we're going to prioritize that. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So, explain to us what the Idaho potato is. The Idaho potato is a, like, molded potato-shaped ice cream, vanilla ice cream ball, and it's, like, rolled in cocoa powder to look like a potato skin, and then pushed together and whipped cream is put on the top to make it look like sour cream. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I mean, how can you go wrong? That actually yeah. sounds delicious. It it's is. very good. And it's just I felt funny like because it, you're like, wait, it looks identical to a potato. Yeah. I felt and like they a, used to put peanut pieces on before everyone was allergic to it. Yeah. But now they don't. So <laughs> now, is it just me or was sour cream like the cruelest joke when you were a kid? Sour cream? Oh, yeah. Because you always, I always wanted it to be whipped cream. It looks so smooth and silky. And then your first bite of it, you're like, "That's not whipped cream." Wait, I'm I'm so confused. Why, why is that ever a confusion? Like, I only had sour cream in savory moments. Did, like, when are you mistaking sour cream for whipped cream? We were poor growing up, and we didn't really have <laughs> sour cream. We had Cool Whip. You mean cre- you mean whipping cream? We had whip. Oh yeah, when we got cream. married, he's cool like, whip. "Can you? Where's the whipping cream?" And I'm like, "Right here." He's like, "No, I he he meant Cool Whip," and I had never met anyone who had Cool Whip. Except mm. for the Asian family next door who had Cool Whip f- containers for Tupperware. For Tupperware, yeah. But I, mean, I never actually saw them eat, eat the yeah, cool, cool Whip. Yeah. Did you wow. freeze your Cool Whip and have it like soft serve? All the time. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. It's is, really good. Is it really? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a poor man's soft serve ice cream. <laughs> you get Cool Whip for a dollar. Do they still serve it? Do they still serve Can you still buy Cool Whip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think go- that you actually buy it in the freezer section. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make that. 
Can we well, I feel like I kind of went out on a limb there. Okay, anyway. Yeah, it's next to the uh, tang powder in Hawaiian punch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, anyway. this Garfield days is is creating in my mind of like all of like an epic nineties kind of theme right. now of like this iconic food. It's gonna it's gonna be amazing. I've had so just on a very quick side note, I've had so many talks recently, oddly enough, about nineties food. And how all of it was junk, but it was all so exciting. <laughs> like, can you name one healthy thing from the '90s? Like, the McDonald's salad shakers were like the closest thing you could get to health food in the '90s. I, I didn't forgot even about those. Remember those? Yeah. yeah now you can't get a salad there. Do you know there's no, no salads in McDonald's? Yeah. Really? Like you none? Because I, well, I'll go there because usually I eat keto, which is which sucks. But I'm like, there's literally nothing to eat here because I'm not eating the meat mm. alone. Because right. no, mm. no, 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 no. I don't. Anyway, um, yeah, the '90s, the '90s were magical in a weird way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every like, you people were drinking Tab. They were eating fruit by the foot. Yeah, it was like Doritos three meals Doritos, a day. Yeah, and Doritos three D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like everything was new and exciting, but everything was like straight out of a chemical lab. Now, yeah. if there were ever Halcyon days, it's the '90s. Mm. But, yeah. may, but maybe I say that just because I'm a, pr- a product of it. Yeah. Sorry. I just remember when I was in high school, every single day I got nachos with like that disgusting that meat and lava. like the orange. Yes. Yeah. And then sensations, which are no longer available. Those are like discontinued candy and Funyuns like for a snack. What, that, were, su- what were sensations? I'm trying to remember. So that. they're like sprees, but like a thousand times better. Oh. They were so good. And then they went away and I died a little bit inside. Mm. Yeah. So. But then you began to live because you weren't eating garbage. <laughs> I still eat garbage, but yeah. just how, like, anyway. How many people can the ice cream potato feed? Three? Four? One, one hungry one, two semi-hungries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I take it down myself. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken down a whole potato, ice cream potato on your yeah, own? Yeah, well, it seems like you're shaming me. Yes, I've taken down Sorry, I kind of did inadvertently Have you seen this? That. No, that's like, it's like it's, two scoops of ice cream. What? Yeah, kind of like, it's just molded into a potato yeah. ball but yeah mm. i would order that just for yeah. myself okay especially when i'm at the fair because i don't there's something magical that happens in american fairs where your stomach can do new things new things like it's i love fair food i do too and i love idaho fair food like i do too the corn i just like i just like walking around ever just they didn't used corn. to have corn when we first got here no one had corn on the cob what are you talking about when we the, first got to idaho yeah they didn't have that <laughs> Yeah, I think you're wrong on that. I'm just telling you, they never had like a corn stand. Now okay. they have corn on a stick. Okay, it, I think they've delicious. always had corn in Idaho, but maybe they didn't have corn on the cob at the fair. At the fair. That's okay. That's exactly what I was saying. It's corn. But okay. I'm grateful that they do. Sorry, we are way off Okay, topic. so we got Iconic the potato. Foods, potatoes. <laughs> number so two. So everyone needs to try that at yeah. one point. And they have good burgers too. They do. Yeah, I like their food. Yeah, and the Monte Cristo sandwich there. Oh, I've never had that. It's an open-faced ham and cheese sandwich with a jam. Really? It's like mm-hmm. a, f- a berry jam. It's very good. Hmm. Heart attack on a on a piece of bread, but it's so good. Yeah. And then I'd say another very iconic food because it means something so different here mm-hmm. is a scone. When oh, you th- yes. Yeah. When you think of a scone anywhere else, it's like a dry ass. Yeah, it's almost English. cookie. Yeah, and it's, it's a like biscuit. It's a biscuit. I've never loved a scone until I came to Idaho, and it was an elephant ear. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 so good. It's like an, an Idaho scone is dough fried in honey, butter, powdered sugar, and like whatever berries in season. Yeah. yeah, first time we ever had one was at Frontier Pies. Well, so. My parents owned the chain Frontier Pies when I was a kid. So oh. that was like the the pie chain that kind of made scones. Like they were so you went there for scones. That was like kind of that was the thing. That was their they thing. They were delicious. Deep yeah. fried and exactly like that. Yeah. Butter so and honey. Growing up, obviously that was our restaurant. Right. That's what I thought a scone was. So then the first time I went to England, I ordered a scone and I'm like, what the hell is yeah. this? Because I'm I'm used to this warm decadence, like what a uh, like See, a better to- version of a beignet. You totally understand my Cool Whip sour cream experience. You expect it, and it's just totally different. Okay, um, but <laughs> yes, like you. Why do we? Okay, here's my question: Could we not have thought of a better word than just stealing a totally different baked goods? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we call it a scone? It's you remember bread. when we stole football. 
Yeah. We've no. still, yeah, America's. Soccer. <laughs> yeah. Um, they called it Navajo tacos too. If it was yes, if um, they if it was savory. If it was savory. Uh, I don't know if they s- still call them great. that. Oh, so good. So good. Yes. Uh, where do you That's get a great this? fair food too. I yeah. mean, they have them at the fair. I mean, why? I don't know if I don't think they have Frontier Prize. They sold they sold that chain, but yeah. where can you get where can you get scones and like Navajo tacos like in Boise? Do you know? Well, scones merits. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, merits, yeah. Um, it used to be twenty four hours. I, they they've now upped their hours back to I think two a.m. Mm-hmm. Post COVID, but it's on State Street and it's almost to State in Glenwood, and it is a long time. This is like an, it's like Gill's Canyon. Like you can smell the cigarettes from when people used to be able to smoke in there. It is like all the decor is like late 80s. Same people been working there for, for decades. That's where you get your scone. Hmm. Yeah. And everything comes with a side of scones. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you get like your bread for the table, but it's scones. But it's scones. And like you get your eggs and your toast, but you also get a scone. You get, you know, your burger, you can do a scone instead of fries. And really? they really push the scones on you. And they, they had the bumper stickers that said, I got sconed at <laughs> at Merritt's. And uh, it's it's to me, that is like, that is the place you go for the for the scone in Boise. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I just released today, actually, um, on my website, I released like my best of um, breakfast and brunch places. Mm-hmm. And the biggest response I had was, where's Merritt's? Yeah. But I've never been. Oh yeah, and I try to only put places that I've been or like, and so um, for I was like I didn't realize that was such a place that I needed to go. So apparently we need to do that soon. Yeah, so I can add that to my list. It it is technically a breakfast place, but it is a place I've never been in the daylight. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it is like I love that it exists like that. (laughs) Yeah, you can go there at one in the morning. Yeah, we don't have a lot of places like that. No, we don't. We shut down soon. We always go to um, what's that place on Eighth Street? Um. Uh, Matador, like we'll go to Matador because just the kitchen because stays open until eleven. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's yeah, like it's that's there. late. I know. Here. Even the Taco Bell on Broadway closes at like nine thirty. How dare they? I know. I They're mean, next to a college. What do you think? I the know. Kids are doing? When we grew up, Taco Bell was like three in the morning. There was right. always some place where you could go when you had like a late night hankering. We did just find like spados. a Del Taco when we were in Boise. It was open at like midnight. Del Taco, I'm just saying, is not Taco Bell. It is not Taco no, Bell. That was my first time there. That is my last time. It is also weird that Del Taco does serve milkshakes. I had a hankering one night for a milkshake, and I was like, I've the amount of times I've ordered Uber Eats or Grubhub on my life, I can count on less than you know less than five fingers. And I was like, I want a milkshake. I want it delivered. I don't want to go out for it. And they delivered. I ordered it at midnight. I got a knock on the door at six in the morning. <laughs> they what? delivered the milkshake because it's twenty four hours. It was the one, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one on the bench. Yeah, and I was like, "What took so long?" <laughs> but they were already the magical delivery man was already gone before you know they knocked and they dropped it off. I was just like, "Dropped it on the floor." Was this made six hours ago, or is someone <laughs> just like, "I'll get to it when I get to okay, it"? I don't. So did don't you taste over- it? I I was really sus. I. I did taste it a little bit, but I was like, I can't finish something. Something's off. This should have not taken six hours. This is a quarter <laughs> yeah. mile away. That's, I should that's have walked. Yeah. yeah, that's on. All right. Yeah. So scones. Scones. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. All right. What and else are we needing to know about? I think there's a couple things that are like maybe more Mormon, Mormon belty, Utah, Idaho than maybe specifically Idaho. But there's there's a couple things that um, – that are very unique to this area cuisine wise. One is fry sauce, which yes. most of the country I think would say, well, that's just Thousand Island, but it's not. It's not. It is it's not. not Thousand Island. Thousand How Island. dare you? Exactly. No. It is not Thousand Island. Same it is color, maybe? But that's same about it. color, but not the same. And it is a universally applied dip that is good on everything. I mean, yeah. it's just, it is good. And it is, you, you go into even Oregon and people don't even know what fry sauce is. I mean, it is like, it is Utah, it is Idaho. And we were talking about this before the show. I mean, f- finger steaks are another one of those kind of, kind of very like Idaho, Utah type of things that are served with cocktail sauce. And, you know, I think if you told someone you're eating a finger steak, they'd think of like the the lady yeah. who found the finger in her chilies. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, they wouldn't know. Urban they, legend. Urban legend, right. They wouldn't know. Uh, That is a very unique food. And then 
another thing which I learned when I got here from like you know Mormon Belt food is that they love the sodas. They love the sweet Man. drinks. They do love the sodas. The sodas are they're crazy for the sodas. Crazy for the sodas. Is that fizz they will place make by the mall? I mean, I do go to shops for soda a lot, and I actually helped. I was hired to help start one branding wise. Really? Like that was my very first client in social media in Idaho. Was they found out I was a blogger and lived here, and I'd stop blogging, and they're like, "Hey, we want to bring this idea for soda." I mean, it was like the first one. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work as well here. Cause it doesn't honestly, it does not work as well. Yeah. It's fine. But like soda shops are not as, um, do not do as well as they do in Idaho yeah. uh, or in Utah, in Utah um, yeah. because we, I mean, people drink a lot more coffee here right? because that's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> I'm just fun. saying yeah. I order diet Coke a lot, but right. it's, it's more fun to drink alcohol or coffee. Right. Like it just is. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the option, not the option. That's interesting. But a, a scotch and soda, I mean, is 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 a very unique to this area drink. Which, as I was kind of mentioning before, if you think about that anywhere else, you'd think it's scotch, scotch. the liquor and soda the the soda water. Mm-hmm. Um, here it's a butterscotch soda, and it's um, it is butterscotch and Sprite and soda water, and sometimes they put a lime in it. Mm. Sometimes, okay, that actually does sound good. It is really good. But it's I've never found it any other part in the country other than than some places in Boise and in eastern Idaho. Kind of a funny name to co-op. It is Scotch and soda. soda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like so soda delicious is like just I want to send street. my kids in there and say go Give order me a Scotch and soda. They're gonna get messed up when they order that like at a restaurant and then they're getting something. They <laughs> yeah. Get but I like like so delicious has um, all these Utah terms like um, like is it second wife or with by common consent. I don't know all these like kind of plays on. Mormon culture, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny that they're playing into like that. There's this whole other culture that's oh, yeah. kind of doing their own thing, leaning into it. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Weirdly, for um, fry sauce. So fry sauce is fry sauce, but you know who weirdly has such good fry sauce Ooh. is Euroshack. I know that's weird, but like Euroshack, which is euros, right? Yeah, obviously. They have really good fries and like some of the best fry sauce I've ever had. Yeah, it's weird. I'm not a crinkle cut fan, but I like their fries a yeah. lot. They're extra crispy. Yeah, they're they're good fries. They're really and good then fries. if you get the Greek fries, so oh, they with have the feta and the, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, but um, yeah, I yeah. I didn't like French fries until I discovered fry sauce, and then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, there's Changes something things. about that. I feel like I just want to demystify it. I'm sitting here on my phone like a demystify thing. what. What is fry sauce? Is it just the mayo it's and the mayo ketchup? ketchup? It's mayo, ketchup, mostly mayo. It's like 60-40 mayo, ketchup. And then depending on, on you know, your way of being, relish or no relish. Yeah. So some people put a little mustard. They do? Yeah. What? Yeah. Some people put a little mustard in there just for a little something. Oh. Yeah. Ketchup Rebels. and Yeah. Yeah. And I think, mm. I think the last thing that to me is like, so uniquely Boise just because it is so entrenched with Boise history is the Basque food. <laughs> For yeah. sure. I mean, like going around and just finding Basque chorizo on 20 menus in a city is not something you find anywhere else. So it's I've been to Basque croquettes. a couple of times, but not too often. Like, yeah. what do you, What's your go-to dish when you go to a Basque and where? restaurant? Yeah. I'd say like, I think of my first Basque experience ever in Boise, which was, Bargonica getting croquettes and drinking a calamocho. Which you which, introduced me to like yes, two weeks ago. Yeah, which we had together you need at Ansots. You to Ansots. explain what that is because I was like, what it is, is this thing? It is like a, a party girl on a budget's drink. <laughs> it is cheap red wine and it is Coca-Cola. What? Yeah. And it goes down very smooth, with very With like a easy. lime. Yeah, with like a lime. And it's just it's, weird that it's not more popular because it's good. It's it's very good. Why is a Jack and Coke so popular? Right. And then like cheap red wine and Coke and lime is something that I'd never heard you'd, of. And you'd be like grossed out by it until yeah. you're like, I guess I'll try like, it. And you're like, oh. Why is this yeah. yummy? I can't right. tell you why, but it does feel wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's we, something you'd want like a Gatorade gallon jug of <laughs> in the summer. Like it's something you can really make. It's a it's it is the poor man's sangria essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And but it's it was... it's great. And it's 
that's what I think of as like uh, a croquette, which is just like, honestly, it's like breaded chicken fat and flour with a little ham inside. Dip it in some tiger sauce, which is just like a very sweet hot sauce, and and in uh, and, and a calamocho, and that to me is like fast drinking food. Calamocho, yeah. And I love that we went to Ansatz the other week, and we were like at one of their community tables, and we're like, I had no idea we were sitting with like the owners yeah, or, and yeah, like damn. you're all of a sudden talking with them, like you're very friendly. <laughs> I didn't realize that, like, oh, oh, it's the owners. Yeah, but um, there's. I always feel bad that I don't I don't experience Basque culture more than I do because it's such a substantial part of Boise. It's yeah, it's huge. Sometimes I feel like I need more of of an introduction. I mean, because I just I don't know it. I I right. I pretty much everything I've experienced has been I've been with a foodie or I've been on a food tour, but I don't really know. Like if somebody was going to eat Basque food for the first time, and they just didn't know what to do, where would you tell them to go, and what would be like their their first meal that like they should just order and try this thing. I would say first, like I love, I love Antots and I love Barger and Nika, but it's kind of like a Basque's Basque place. Mm-hmm. It's like you go because you know, you, you know what you need to get. Uh-huh. I love the Basque market because they're like, we'll take you on a journey. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's kind of like your walk through the yellow brick road of, of Basque food mm-hmm. and what you need to try, what you need to be, you know, a little daring to try and they have a little bit of everything. And if you like it, you can take some home. I think if you're, if you're like, I want to try Basque food, I don't know if I'm ready to like commit and make it my like favorite kind of food, but I want to like get to know it. Um, the Basque market does a great job at like being like baby's first Basque meal <laughs> and like being like, don't be afraid. Try it. Uh-huh. Here's what it is. Here's what it's like. And you're going to, you're going to have a good time. Have okay. some wine. Yeah. Basque market. The Basque yeah. market. I do love that. When I, do, when, I love when they do their paella. When do they have, yeah. they have that? On the weekends? It's on when, Wednesdays? I don't know. I've, always, I've gone for like festivals and stuff. but Yeah, I think they do it. I don't know if it's during the winter, but in the summers, I think it's on Wednesdays, they like close the street and they're just doing it in the street. They mm-hmm. have the big gas right. cooker thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Basque food. Yeah. For sure. What else comes to your mind? For iconic Boise and food? Yeah. I don't know. You covered quite a bit. Um, I I would ask, because I'm really interested, what has been your best, what has been one of your best culinary experiences in 2022? I should have given you some time to think about that, but we can. Well, I would say... Um, one of my best, and this is a very weird one and something I feel weird saying because it has the word salad in it, <laughs> but there is a, a really wonderful, and I like crave it at the weirdest times, Juniper reopened mm-hmm. on 8th Street with a very unique menu compared to what it was before. It's like, um, it's sort of like a warped mirror of like, normal kind of bar grill food mm-hmm. menu and they do this warm it's a warm salad with a very runny egg yolk pancetta and then just a bunch of crispy things like crunchy chi- like chickpeas and sunflower seeds mm. and like a little parmesan and black pepper and it's like sauteed kale so it's like everything is just warm which is not what you expect out of a salad. You expect like refreshing or whatever, but it's so savory, especially when like the runny egg in it. And then the pancetta is so salty and crispy. And I was so taken aback by it. And I like, don't really know why I felt compelled to order it, mm-hmm. but I think about it a lot <laughs> and I want it again and again. Cause it really is like, it's such a, like you don't think of salad as like comfort food, but it is. Wow, it is I really not good. That. It's okay. not, yeah, but maybe that one was that one. It, that Sal's one did it. So that food. feels no. like it needs a different name than salad. Yeah, yeah. We need more names. Shane, what's been one of your culinary, like, your top culinary experiences in 2022? Hmm. And while you're thinking, I can go with mine since I, I'll probably answer if you want a second to. Yeah, think you about go it. first and let me think about it. Um, I love the noodles at Ken. At, um, Ken. 
um, there's something about them that is just I, I do I crave them like a lot. Um, there's and the f- mm, the first time I had them, I had actually I've never even eaten in their full restaurant. I always just go down to the bar. I was and, just gonna ask if you ever done the full course, but no, I haven't. Yeah. And it's it's an investment in time. Like I need right. to do that. Um, but I've gone to get the noodles at the bar, and then we ordered like. So we ordered the noodles at Tree Fort, and we were yeah. sitting with Alex, who's, you know, you've been on the podcast yeah. before, and Shane, and we had just, like, podcasted, and we'd listened to, like, this amazing music. And then we're sitting there listening to more music, just sitting on the ground, eating these, like, amazing noodles from this, like, James Beard nominee, like, chef. And I'm like, for me, it was, like, such an iconic Boise moment, because yeah. it was, like, everything good and warm and comforting and lovely about the city like kind of just and friends yeah all and i was just like this is like this moment where like this this bowl of noodles will always like mean boise to yeah. me which it's not boise you would but it is like, right and so i i really love that yeah uh, that moment there yeah i just kept thinking it's really hard to eat noodles on such a slope ground. <laughs> we had a different experience. It's that hillside right there, it right? It's very difficult it's to eat. It's great for there. like an amphitheater, right? but they send it out on a tray, and you can't set the tray down. No. It was just a real nightmare. <laughs> trying to eat it. We yeah, had different experiences. We had very different I was in Spanx and heels, and I still did it, but it's mm. fine. <laughs> did you have any moments of culinary bliss that you can think of? Huh? I've got a couple of them. Um... But it's probably just because we've been thinking about or uh, talking about it. Goodness land, the Turkish coffee. Mm-hmm. I'd never had Turkish coffee. Um, I strong. thought that, that that was a really cool experience. Yeah, they cook it. Is that what the, the they brew it? They brew yeah. it with the sugar in it. Mm-hmm. They do it in this bed of sand in this copper pot. It's just the whole process is really cool. It is really cool, and it was delicious. And they serve it in, in those little ceramic but silver plated cups. Yeah. Um, I just thought that the whole, the whole experience made me want to know more about their culture. Yeah. So that was cool. But then, like, when I think of what do I crave the most, I think I crave Aliancas more than almost anything these days. Yeah. They've had some really good things, like the like the stuffed cabbage wraps. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, uh, the shuba. I always think about the shuba. Do you know what shuba is? I'm it's, tra- I, no. It's like this patty. It's, it's like a cake. It's like stacked layers. Smoked salmon, beets, potatoes, potatoes, and a couple of other things in this little circular. Um, I think short stack. That's cake. why I didn't do it. I I don't know. I know some people feel this way about cilantro, but beets and me do not. Beets yeah. is beets is straight from this from Satan. I it, feel I like you. Like you, I want you, to you like just it. you just moved into my world. There's so many things that beets are in that I want to like, and yeah. I've tried beets. So many times, and I'm like, I just taste like dirt. It, Some of it's them not have... just dirt; it's like rotting flesh and dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's weirdly sweet in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. I feel it's like you shouldn't be... say this about beets. I'm saying it's like cilantro, though. I think there is a genetic disposition because when you eat a when I eat a beet, it's like I want to spat it from my mouth. Like, and I can eat. You mean like a child? <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly okay. like a child. I respond oops, like a child. So I'm so glad that you, as a foodie, say you don't like beets. I did have a great like them. beet salad at Twigs. Oh, They had an awesome beet salad no, there. It's not good, don't eat it. Actually, I'm sure it's great if you like beets. If you like beets, it's yeah, good. Yeah, if you but, like them. But no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what also, it, that's what Alianca's, when you walk in, they have that like refrigerated thing of just Desserts. layered cakes. The honey cake. The honey yes. cake. Pavlova. Pav- yeah. oh, no, no, no. Vodka balls. Vodka balls. We've tried all of it. Like, yeah. it's all good. We've had right. some, like, we had an experience this last year where we had some, like, really heavy stuff going on in our life. And we also had, like, some real success the same week. It was a very, like, bipolar week. And we went to Alianka's. And it was so great because Shane, we were just sitting there talking. And he's like, you know what? All that exists is this moment. Just this moment, and we're gonna sit and we're gonna eat and we're gonna drink on this patio, and this is the moment of our life right now. It all exists here, and we just, even though it was a rough time and like a lot was going on, like that moment was perfect, and like that's that's what I love about like having those moments around mm-hmm. food is that it just is you're just able to be there. Yeah, and uh, it was. 
I needed to feel that and be in yeah. that moment. And I loved that that particular restaurant was part of it. That is really nice. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation. It's really fun. Yeah. We have things going on in the future, Amos. We're yes, not we going to talk about it yet, but we have some fun stuff moving forward yeah. in 2023. It's so yes. fun to listen to two creatives get together and brainstorm fun. and it is vibe. Fun. Is that what you call it? Vibing? Vibing. Vibing. Yeah. The There's something to it. it. I think we stayed pretty chill. We we can, when it's, if it's just, just us, we'd probably go a little, you, you like bring us back down, but. Mm. Um, I bring you down. No, you bring us back to a to place Earth. of like of a oh, progression, like good. linear progression. You ground us. With yeah, the you do in in all the right ways. But right, um, yeah. I'm really excited for some of the things we have uh, coming up in the future. Yeah, me too. Well, and thanks, of course, you'll come back to the podcast, right? Of course. Yes. I feel like there's me. This is yeah, so there, cool. there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. happy yeah. Hanukkah. Thank you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. And to the Kwanzaa celebrators in the Treasure Valley. Happy that for you. I've not met many, but no. yes. Is it happy Kwanzaa? Is it Merry Kwanzaa? When? I don't think it's not Merry Kwanzaa. Think, definitely not. I think it's happy. Happy Kwanzaa. Is there any other Kwanzaa, any other Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas? Christmas? Is there anything else? Gar- Garfield Day. Garfield Day. Yeah. yeah. Happy yeah. New Year's. Happy holidays to everyone in the Treasure Valley. Yes. Um, we're so glad that we get to be part of this amazing community. Love you. Awesome. Too. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at the Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time. The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.